This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Army is preparing for the next budget cycle, and that means thinking about how it's going to buy weapons in the current economic environment. Workforce issues and inflation are dragging down some of the service's buying power. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni is at the Government Contract Pricing Summit in San Diego. There, he spoke with Army Deputy Assistant Secretary for Procurement, Megan Dake. We're looking at, obviously, speed, very concerned uh, and interested in how do we speed up acquisition to support the Army's modernization priorities. And with that, contracting is a big part of that. And how do we balance you know, getting things on contract faster, and but also making sure we're doing everything in accordance with the, the compliance and you know everything the right way, but also using all the authorities that Congress gave us and to support the uh, modernization priorities of the Army. With that, we're using OTs, commercial solutions openings, um, and supporting the, the requirements. And part of that is balancing the workforce and the priorities that the Army has set. Some of those have been a little reprioritize as we have the war in Ukraine that we're supporting with the uh, procurements that we've had to do now that we didn't have about six, nine months ago. So we've had to kind of what I call rejigger those a little bit with the supplemental we've gotten to support those. So Army contracting had a a little bit more work that we've had than we did about nine months ago. So um, the other priorities that we're looking at are software uh, acquisition and how we buy and also incorporate DevSecOps into that. And that is a focus of Mr. Bang, our civilian uh, deputy. He's laser focused on how we buy software development and acquisition. Um, so we are looking at how we kind of upskill the workforce in contracting on how we buy software, not just COT software. I'm talking about doing software development for acquisition. Um, So those are probably the two top priorities. And also supporting the Secretary's um, priorities with climate change and some of those priorities as ASALT starts to support those. When you talk about the software aspect of things, are you looking to change policy? Are you trying to shorten these timelines with your contracting officials? You know, what what are you thinking about in that realm? So I think first we're going to have to look at how we currently do it and what what are our needs. Uh, I think first we're going to have to train the workforce and how are we currently doing it? Does that currently meet our needs? And then the contract vehicles that we have to support the requirements. Um, I'm not sure if changing policy is initially needed immediately. I think it's what goes in our contracts, the certain language. What do we need from our contractors? What language uh, is it certain things, meaning data catalogs? When we're talking about DevSecOps, do we need certain types of requirements? When you're looking at open source, um, that's where Mr. Bang is really laser focused on. So we're ensuring when we buy open source software, uh, you know, that there's some concerns there because that uh, that is establishes vulnerabilities in our, our weapon systems. So um, we're working together as a team to identify where our vulnerabilities are and where our needs are from a skill set, and also uh, whether we need to put our certain contract vehicles in place or are there existing contract vehicles out there that we can already use. So we're definitely going to look at contract policy, um, but I think first it's going to be, is there certain language that needs to go in our existing contracts and that'll drive to see if we need to put establish new contract policy. You were talking earlier today about the workforce and fatigue within the workforce. You know, there's a lot of changes that they're going through in terms of, you know, trying to make up for people who aren't there or, um, you know, having to deal with COVID and, and family and 
all these different things. So tell me a little bit of the struggles that you're having and then maybe how you might help think about contracting in a different way. I definitely think, and I work with our Army contracting leadership across the Army. You know, we have uh, five heads of contracting activities that support the Army contracting. We have about 9,000 contracting professionals across the Army. Army Contracting Command, they're all over the globe. Uh, Army Corps of Engineers and National Guard Bureau, they all execute Army contracting uh, contracting requirements. And so with COVID, you know, being uh, remote, uh, teleworking, you know, coming back to the office, and it's a little different across the country, uh, and supporting the continuous demand on the Army with the drawdown in Afghanistan, with the COVID mission, uh, with the Ukraine, and just our current mission. And um, so it's a balance of that work-life balance. So what we're trying to do is uh, keep that work-life balance, uh, maintain some telework, maximum telework posture, uh, use technology, the team's infrastructure that we have through our talent management program, provide opportunities for people to do training, leadership programs, um, and really just care for our workforce. And also, as I spoke earlier in the panel, is that it's a great career field and the advantages in this career field are wonderful. And so we are one big Army contracting enterprise and we're a big family. And so showing that that connected to the mission that this is a great career field, I think it's almost like a little bit of altruistic that people, they believe that they're connected to the mission. They love what they do. They like to come to work every day. Um, that kind of helps them want to come to work that helps them. But we also have to realize people do get burned out. They need to take their leave. They need to balance that work-life balance. Telework is a big piece of that because we're competing with other employers, whether it be private industry or other government agencies. The NCR has different challenges on it than it may have out in Fort Huachuca or Huntsville, Alabama, or out in Fort Carson or wherever we are in the country. Um, so different installations have different work-life challenges. So I, I kind of leave it up to Army leaders to, to establish you know, different programs that they can have. But from an Army perspective, I think we're looking at that from a right way that we have to, that's, you know, people are our number one priority and we have to make sure we're looking at that. So leaving up to the organizational leaders is what the Army is doing. I think that's the right answer. In terms of inflation, obviously it's it's hitting everyone pretty hard. I know the Defense Department works on sort of a different level with the inflation. It buys things differently than regular consumers do, but I'm sure it's affecting you and also industry as well. What are you hearing from your industry partners and how are you trying to kind of pivot to uh, adjust to that? So we are definitely hearing that our industry partners, both small businesses, medium and large businesses, are being impacted by inflation. And I think it's it's uh, almost like a triple uh, whammy when you talk about inflation, uh, labor shortages, and COVID impacts, um, actually uh, supply chain as well. Um, I think it, it definitely is being impacted depending on what industry you're talking about. So we have companies, it's, definitely being impacted when you're talking about steel and aluminum. We've had some companies almost on the brink of bankruptcy because of steel aluminum prices for the last two years have been skyrocketed. And they've come down a little bit, but they're much higher than they have been in the in the past, you know, five to ten years. Um, that's even, you know, 
been worse because of what's going on in, in you know Europe with Ukraine and Russia. Um, and it and it's not as bad in some industries. So it depends on what industry sector you're talking about where inflation. And that's why, as I talked earlier in the panel, it depends on what sector uh, and the industry you're talking about. So it's not a cookie cutter approach. That's Megan Dake, the Army's Deputy Assistant Secretary for Procurement, speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. 